0: Hello and welcome to Wake Up and Grow. I'm Natalie, your host, and today's episode is titled The Past. So, the tea I've chosen for today is White Jasmine. I have yet to try it, but seeing as it is a white tea, it sounds as if it's going to be. A, I guess you could use the term weaker in flavor than compared to black teas, but that's besides the point. So, today. I would like to start off by reading 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. By the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Do you have things in your life that you regret doing? Do you have a past that you'd prefer to forget? I'm sure that just about everyone does. I know I personally do and there are parts of my past that I'd really enjoy not to bring up. But then I remember that while the past is a part of me, it does not define who I am. Throughout my walk with Christ, I've always been, well in my uh, readings in the Bible, I've always been interested and intrigued by the life and testimony of Paul the Apostle, or also known as Saul, as his former name. In fact, I ended up doing a little speech on him in high school. And recently, as we were helping my grandmother move out of her house, I found a book, Titled "The Apostles," written by Donald Guthrie, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, But in his book, he covers the execution of Stephen and then moves on into talking about Paul the Apostle. And I read from what Donald Guthrie notes that when the author of Acts, who most theologians assume is Luke, um, but when that author described Paul slash Saul's persecution of the early Christians, that author uses a specific phrase which is ravaging the church. And that phrase, when you look at the um, original language and context it was used in, is comparing Saul's actions to that of what in a wild animal would do to its prey, tearing it apart um, very savagely and wildly for lack of better words. And Saul proved of his execution, his being Stephen. And there arose in that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison so in what I just read Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 that's where we see this phrase ravaging ravaging the church and we see the introduction of Saul, and kind of the the beginning i guess you could say of his acts against the church of christ and i can't help but think that this harsh phrasing that is used here in acts the ravaging was used to show the power of jesus's salvation and the conversion of saul into paul really just to be an example to us Christians today. Jesus changes people. And we see that through Paul, the Apostle. And we know, um, those of you who have read any of Paul's writings in the New Testament and any writings about Paul, that Paul had quite a past by today's standards I would consider him a serial killer yeah I'm studying criminal justice and there are several stereotypical serial killer um, markers throughout one's life and by today's standards Paul was a serial killer he had a pattern and that was as we see here in chapter 8 to go into homes and question and interrogate the family to see who or if there was anyone in the house that supported Jesus Christ and was following his disciples. And he would also enter synagogues as well during times of worship and do the same thing, dragging out those who stood up for um, and claimed, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and his disciples." dragging them out and putting them in prison, and more than likely, we see that he also killed those Christians. But he had a pattern, and he had a victim profile that was those who followed Christ. And he had a motive. Paul's, Paul or Saul, whichever you would prefer to call him, his motive was that he had a twisted and distorted view of of doctrine as well as those who followed Christ and we see that the Pharisees and those who ruled the Jewish church in that time had the same uh, mindset as Saul did although they never quite went to the extremes he did because they couldn't get their hands dirty because they had people to please and that's actually kind of one of the reasons that the main apostles, as I just read in verses one through eight in chapter or one through three in chapter eight. why everyone else was scattered except for the apostles. it's It's believed that they were untouched. They didn't go to prison like the rest of them did because as you'll read earlier in Acts, The Pharisees and those rulers of the church already had tried with Peter and it made the people angry. They couldn't stick anything on Peter and therefore had to let him go. And so Saul is kind of, you know, showing the church leaders, hey, I can do something about this. And so he quickly became a favorite within the church leader uh, clique. And then we see that Saul meets Jesus on his way to Damascus. And I won't read the whole story, but it's kind of summed up in that he was headed to Damascus to execute this warrant, I guess you could call it in today's terms, against the Christians there in Damascus. Now, there was another area nearby, and I don't remember what it was called, but that was actually closer than Damascus was. And so there are a lot of theologians that actually think Paul, or Saul, headed to Damascus to kind of show the Christians as well as the Jewish leaders that he would, <laughs> there was no lengths that he wouldn't go to to bring an end to the Christian church, which obviously we know did not occur because of what is about to happen on the way to Damascus. And I know I said earlier I won't read the story but I actually want to um, since I have my Bible out in front of me anyways. And so starting in chapter 9 verses 1, or verse 1, of acts but Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way men or women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem and just a side note here the way was what Christians were titled before the title Christians came about that comes about later when Paul and believe Barnabas I think it's Barnabas let me look here yeah that occurs later when Paul and Barnabas are sent to Antioch now as he went on his way he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord And then after that, we know that the prophet Ananias is sent to Paul to give him back his sight through the power of Jesus. And as I was reading through the book um, that Donald Guthrie wrote, he noted that when Saul is on the way to Damascus and the light comes down, that this isn't just... You know, the physical penetration of light through physical darkness, it is a penetration of his dark soul with the light and the truth of Jesus Christ. You see, once he was blinded physically, he had no option. He was so disoriented and he couldn't see, he could not identify who was talking, but he had no choice but to listen to what Jesus had to say at this point. obviously what Jesus said stirred about something in Paul and you know he had those 3 days where he was blind in um in this house in Damascus where he could do nothing except think about that and i think he definitely he definitely wrestled in his soul about what he had heard and the conviction that was brought upon him. And we know later that once Ananias is there and heals him, gives him back his sight, that Paul is now rejoicing Christ and following him and he is baptized and then goes on to be with the disciples and preach and spread the church for thousands of miles in every which direction. But our lives are a lot like Paul's in my opinion. You may not have committed murder, but we've all done things in our past that go against God, aka sin. Everyone has sin. we see that in the Bible, that everyone has fallen short of God and sin. period. There's no exceptions to that except for Jesus Christ. I know personally for me, I've struggled with lying for a long time. Now obviously I committed other sins but lying was a big hurdle that I had to get over um, even after accepting Christ into my life. Thankfully lies are no longer a defining factor in my life and I've through the power of Jesus been able to put those behind me. But this is all because of Jesus' sacrifice. God can take your past and transform you into something new. And we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. So your past, once you have accepted Christ into your life, is literally dead. Passed away, dying, dead. No longer alive. And out of that death, self to your past, rises this new creation in Christ. You being saved and without guilt in your sin. And I don't think I'll ever be able to get over the fact that God loved me. Loved lying and sinning Natalie. Despite my past. And the reason he did, and the reason he loves you the same despite your past, is because of his overwhelming love and the purifying blood of Jesus, his son, and that those cover your past once you have accepted him into your life and asked for repentance and that your sins would be forgiven and it does. Once this has happened, once you've accepted the forgiveness of Christ or the forgiveness of God and the sacrifice of Christ in your life, You are a new creation in Christ. So do not allow your old self to determine who you are in Christ. Let Christ determine who you are in Him. You are a daughter. You are a son of God. You are loved beyond measure. And you are worth more than gold and jewels. God transforms lives, making us new creations. So for those of you who know me personally, you've probably heard this story already. But for those of you who haven't, roughly two or three years ago, my grandfather, Papa Sean as we call him, gave his life to Christ. And that's an amazing thing. I'm so thankful for that. He had been living a life running from God, wanting absolutely nothing to do with God. I, up until two or three years ago, only ever knew him as the drunk, the drug addict, smoker, and the mean grandpa that tore apart a family. But now that he is saved, Now that he is forgiven of those and that he has Christ in his life. I only know him as Papa Sean, the Christian. And I loved him before. And I love him now. And I prayed for him as long as I can remember. But now I know him as a different person. And I guess I tell you that personal testimony of my family and the testimony of Paul to let you know that you are never too far gone for God to save you. That was something that I believe my that my papa struggled with was understanding that he's not too far gone for God to save him. And so I'm here to tell you, your past is never too ugly that God can't clean it up. Not that you make your past disappear and that you won't suffer the consequences from it, but that he can forgive you of it. There is no sin that God can't forgive, except you turning away from him in the sense that you reject his salvation and therefore, and therefore reject his forgiveness. He forgave Paul because Paul accepted that forgiveness and he can forgive you if you simply accept it. Today's episode was a little short, but I'd like to end with reading 1 Corinthians 15.10 and then 2 Corinthians 5.17. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come i want to thank you for listening and remind you that wake up and grow releases episodes bi-weekly that's every other monday And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at wugpod, that's W-U-G-P-O-D, and go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Biddinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.